Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. If it's your first time here, welcome. And if it's not, welcome back to Actors with Issues with me, your host, Juan Ayala, bringing you another quick and casual chat with a delightful actor from the small screen, the big screen, or the Broadway stage. You've seen today's guests in hit comedies like Young Sheldon, The Good Place, and most recently as Nigel Chesum in CBS series Ghosts. It's John Hartman. John, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Juan. I'm pleased to be here. Uh, so before we get started, we always uh, get things rolling with a quick game uh, called Getting to Know You. It's a rapid fire round of questions. Uh, just throw a couple your way and uh, we always start with an easy one. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. Film or television? It's, it's film for me. Uh, drama or comedy? Comedy. Hero or villain? Oh, villain. Improv or sketch comedy? improv what was your first non-acting job i was i worked at a a local pharmacy not a brand one like a mom and pop pharmacy and i ran deliveries for them so like i dropped off medicine at old people's homes mostly <laughs> uh what actor has had the biggest influence on you i'm gonna say bill murray uh, what role did you have the most fun playing? I mean, recency bias aside, it's probably Nigel. <laughs> uh, what is the last show that you binge watched? Severance on oh, Apple good TV. Choice. Good choice. Oh, yeah. Uh, who had you the most starstruck on set? That's a good one. Um, you know who I think most was... Um, Kathy Bates, um, I, I worked on this show Disjointed on Netflix mm. for a little bit, short-lived short series, but Kathy Bates was, and is as nice as you would hope, but mm. was is such a powerful force. You're like, wow. So she, yeah. she makes you feel that starstruck. Uh, if you could guest star on any TV show, what would you choose? Well, for, for a while, it was always Veep. I always mm. wanted to be on Veep. Um, that's not really an option right now, though. They re they, they're going to reboot it in a year now, right? They reboot everything. <laughs> and uh, lastly, describe your most memorable audition in three words. Uh, and memorable can be good or bad. So that is entirely up to you. Three words. Um, okay. I had this is going to be four words. I had to dance. <laughs> and the hint is it was a bad, it was a bad audition experience. <laughs> uh, so John, you know, obviously no two actors journeys are alike, uh, especially with our show. We've, we've actually just today released our 100th episode. Um, so lots of conversations that we've had uh, and no, definitely no two actors paths are alike. So how did um, everything get started for you as, as an actor? Did it come a little bit early on in life or was it something you discovered later? It did start very early for me, actually, but it was always sort of like a, a pipe dream, I thought. Um, mm. But I was I was recently home in Virginia where I grew up and was cleaning out boxes in the basement for my parents. And I came across some writings that I'd done from when I was in like elementary school. And I had forgotten this, but I wrote in there that I wanted to be an actor. Mm. That was the first thing I wanted to be. I didn't even 
but I didn't, I don't think I even knew what it was then. Um, and again, it was like childhood dreams. It didn't seem like a real thing, but I really did from a very young age. So I started the, the, the journey for me really started in middle school. I took an acting class, a drama class hmm. at the school and, um, I really liked it. But the thing I loved the most is at the end, if we were good, the last 10 minutes of the class were reserved to do improv games. Hmm. And that was where I like fell in love with doing improv. And again, I didn't really think that was something you could really do much more besides in a class or for fun. Um, but I kept following it and doing it. And um, I did it a little bit throughout high school. And then I got to college, I went to University of Michigan doing something totally different. I was, I was set to be a, um, a classical trumpet performance major. And I, and I did, I completed that degree. But all the while, I would be like sneaking off to go to the, the drama department. And I was putting up my own little shows in the black box theater, little sketch comedy shows and improv shows. And I, I drove down to Chicago one weekend and saw a Second City show. And I was, I had that moment where I thought that I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Then I said that when I saw the second city show, I said, that is exactly what I want to do. And, um, and I did later, I, I, I graduated, I did my uh, classical trumpet performance, um, degree while doing all these other things on the side and moved to Chicago and started taking classes. And I eventually, um, worked my way up. I, I toured with second city for a number of years. And then I, um, joined the main stage and did that for a number of years and found that you could actually do sketch comedy and improv as like a full-time job. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the only ones I think, but I was lucky enough to be able to, I'm very grateful. Um, and that sort of set everything off, um, to get set up, um, where so many people come through second city in Chicago and watch the shows and, uh, help me get an agent and a manager and be set up for when I moved to Los Angeles. And have you so far been able to put your um, trumpeting skills onto a set? Have has any have any of your roles called for that yet? They have not. Um, I remember they there was talk at one time in the Second City show about oh you should play trumpet in the show that would be great. And I thought like oh that might be interesting. And then I started to flash forward to what that would mean, where it's a it's a sketch comedy show that we do um, eight shows a week, and I started to imagine deep into the run of this show, you know, six months in of me having to get to the theater, probably 15, 20 minutes before everyone else warming up the trumpet in the cold weather in Chicago, where it would freeze probably. And I started to realize that this would be a, a nightmare to do. <laughs> so I ruled it out for that show. And it has not come up for anything for uh, TV or film, though it's listed on my uh, resume for special skills. So it's there. It just hasn't been utilized. And uh, I'm curious if there's anything that comes to mind uh, that you realized early on in your career that was completely untrue about the entertainment industry. Because there's so many misconceptions out there that were sort of brought up to think this is what things are like. And then once you're actually thick of it, you're like, that was a complete like sort of myth. But uh, yes. yeah, what comes to mind? The one that comes to mind the most that it, 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 more in regards to um, TV and film and not as much the, the stage, which is probably what you're referring to anyway, but is that there's never, this is a, I, you can even say this and it doesn't seem to be a lesson that people know unless you go through it, is that 
there's never like one point where you will be comfortable. Mm. And it sounds that sounds like a negative thing. It's really not. It's just that you have this conception before that you will be safe, secure, and comfortable when fill in the blank. And it, that could be, I will be comfortable enough to to buy a home or I will be comfortable enough to um, maybe uh, tell people that I'm in this position where I, I'm, I'm, I'm secure and safe, whatever it might be for, for you as an individual. But any, I, I think any actor will tell you that there is never any spot where you finally feel like I'm set and I'm settled. My feet are firmly on the ground. And the reason then that that's not a negative to me is that it just keeps you a humbled and be incentivized to keep working. Um, I have a friend who's quite a big actor. I won't, I won't name names, but he is, he would never have to work again if he didn't want to. Um, he's, he's that safe and set. Mm. And yet he, I've never seen anyone that hustles more than him because he wonders, well, what will happen if this thing goes away? What would happen if this show or this movie or whatever? And I just, I respect it so much. And I also understand it though. I'm not nearly on the level that he is. I just know that you will, you're never going to be in that spot where you're finally like, I've made it. Mm -hmm. And that that's, that's really okay. I was going to be like, is it Tom Cruise? Are you talking about Tom Cruise? <laughs> um, no, no. Tom Cruise feels secure. <laughs> but he, but again, he just keeps making movies. He's just, Hustles he could like retire, a, but a great example, a yeah. great example. He, you've ne you never see anyone hustling as much as him. That is something that comes up quite a bit is sort of that feeling. Cause everyone's striving for that moment of I've made it, I've done it. Um, I've reached a level I've always wanted to reach, but at the same time, if you think as an actor, every booking you get, there's always something more. You know, if you book that co-star, like, what? I wish I was a guest star. You're a guest star. I wish I was a series regular. So you're like, oh, why couldn't we make it to five seasons? Or, you know, it's always something else that we're always reaching for um, that all artists do. And it's, uh, you know, like you said, especially true for for sort of TV and film, because with, with theater, at least, it's almost always a limited run. So you sort of know there's an end to it. Um, and it's not so much up in the air. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a very interesting point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first job I ever got in LA was a small part on two broke girls. Mm. Um, and I was so excited and it was awesome. But I even remember sitting around with them and they were so nice. But the main actresses, Kat Dennings and Beth Bears, were sitting there and they were in this very secure job. I think you'll find a lot of people in entertainment will say, um, the, the, the multicam sitcom is one of those really desired jobs. Even if you think the, the format is like passe or anything, it is job security in a way that a lot of other shows do not have. The schedule, the pay, it's, it's weirdly very set. And they were sitting around well into the success of the run and we're talking about, what if this goes away? What, what do we do next if this show goes off? And they were talking like, well, well, we figure something out. They were in one of the most secure spots you could be in, and they were they like anyone were still wondering, what if what if this goes away? What do we do next? Should we be mm -hmm. freaking out? It's also with the show and all of these conversations we've had with actors from all over. When the, when I first started the podcast, it was the very height of the pandemic. It was almost two years ago to the date, and it was speaking with friends of mine who are actors and 
uh, other actors I've worked with um, in in some capacity. And and now we're talking to folks who um, like yourself who are on multiple TV shows, who are recurring, uh, and sort of the same issues. Given the show is called Actors with Issues, the same issues are sort of uh, there for everyone. Uh, and you know, again, to your point, that it's sort of that never really goes away, whether you just booked your first co-star or you're a series regular. Cause you know, we've talked with a bunch of your co-stars um, from ghosts. We've had Brandon Scott Jones on the show recently uh, and Asher Grodman. And uh, yeah, just those conversations are, are always so linked that those like feelings as actors never go away. And, and like you said, in a way it keeps everyone humble and, uh, and driven and motivated to, to keep going. It does. It's weirdly a great, I mean, I think entertainment can often, or Hollywood specifically, can be the great equalizer where you're going to have the same problems as someone who's leagues ahead of you or leagues um, maybe on their way up. Those, they never go away, but it's, it's, it's like a, almost like a rite of passage. I think you have to go mm-hmm. through those things to understand it, to, to make you a better, a more well-adjusted, um, well-rounded performer and, uh, and person because you may, you also may get to that spot where it really all is happening. And like you said, though, I mean, I think it's like when you're on the moon, it's just rocks, you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you have to be prepared for all of those, um, those circumstances, which is why I don't begrudge anyone who would drop out of this industry because it is a trying place to be. And that's why I never, I never want to complain about it ever um, because I, it's not like someone forced this upon me. I chose to do this. I know mm-hmm. what I signed up for and you sign up for the highs and the lows. And that is definitely not appealing for, for a, quite a few people. And uh, again, given the the name of the show, Actors with Issues, um, lots has come to light um, about issues or obstacles that actors have commonly faced. Um, what's something that comes to mind as something that you have uh dealt with and learned to navigate or maybe something you're still dealing with um you know we've had folks talk about like getting that first rep early on in your career or um things like mental health or staying creative uh, especially during uh the several lockdowns that we had sort of just being stuck and not being able to do anything but uh yeah what comes to mind as something that you've been able to navigate yeah the one that comes to mind and i um i see a, a lot of people talking about um and the way that this has changed is the idea of the performer as needing to make your own content, keep creating your own content to keep going. And um, I feel like this idea came about within the last 10 years, specifically as like a, a big thing to, if you're an actor, don't just be sitting around, make your own opportunity. You probably heard that phrase a lot. Mm-hmm. And yet that has changed so much in the, in the last Two, I would say two years, especially, um, because everyone makes their own content now. Everyone make and everyone does a really good job too. Um, the the best camera you have is is in your home on your phone. You don't need equipment. You don't need you you can have rudimentary skills as an editor. Everyone can make their own content. And people that aren't in the industry industry can can nail it like. People who are in it cannot. Um, this very specific format being, you know, uh, let's say like like a TikTok uh, presence or what was big, very big during the pandemic is like that front-facing comedy that people do to camera. 
mm-hmm. on Instagram or TikTok or wherever. And so then there's a moment where you go, okay, I'm being outrun by all these other people that are doing this, this thing very well. And so that idea has really, um, I think it trips you up a little bit because like anything, it, nothing stays the same for very long. So who knows what that will look like in another year. Um, if people are still doing that same kind of thing, if it's, if it's as desired, but I have, I thought about it a lot recently, especially when you're, when you're cooped up and you're sitting around or you're in a lockdown, like you said about the idea of creating your own opportunity is so, um, it's so f- the, the method of doing that is very fleeting and, and transient almost in that it keeps changing. The bar keeps getting moved. The goalposts are, are, are shifted every few months or it seems about how you do that. Um, you know, it, it's the equivalent I would use from when I was growing up is like a funny thing happens in the news and you get to see it that night on the tonight show it's in the opening monologue Hmm. now something funny happens the hot take or the first take is out within 10 minutes and i I think you're lucky if you have like the 10th take on it by (laughs) by that evening's tonight show um and so that is a a tricky part of the, the business if you were especially if you're a content creator um and and what that means for it going forward yeah that's definitely been something that's changed a lot um because before folks would say create your content, it was like write a six episode web series for YouTube or or write a sh- or do a short film. And now it's like this sort of constant bite sized content. And uh, yeah, it's just that's definitely something that that has come up a lot, too, because a lot of the folks we've interviewed have, um, you know, created their own short films that have gone into festivals or their own web series and they're pitching it to networks for, you know, for all of that. And, and it comes up a lot. And just this sort of bite-sized social media content is just continuing to grow. But like you said, a lot of this, the, like, um, what was the other vine? Do you remember vine? Like, oh yeah, of course. <laughs> that launched like so many careers, right. All right. And then RIP it, it, it goes away and folks have to adapt. Once vine went down, a lot of people are like, now what do I go to YouTube? Do I do like, just trying to think what's the next platform? What's the next type of content? Yeah. To make it the web series is a great example. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I remember that being that everyone needs, you need to make your web series. Like there were plenty of companies. Uh, I did one as well. I remember, um, these companies that would pay you to make web series and I, none of them knew their own business model. Like they, it's like, how do you make money from a, a web series? A lot of them didn't know they were, they're playing catch up as they went. Everyone was kind of making it up as they went along and you just don't see those around anymore. Like uh, they, they either didn't survive or they, they transitioned to something else. Um, and now if you put out a web series, you'd, you'd be hard pressed to make sure people knew where to find it, um, Mm -hmm. and how to see it and, and even just get any traction on it because the, the game has changed. It's really the wild west. Uh, so before, uh, we wrap up, we always end with the game called, uh, now that we know you. Um, so it's a non rapid fire round of questions. Uh, so firstly, uh, fill in the blank. If I weren't working in the arts, I'd be, I'd be a chef me too and that's a very common answer <laughs> really i mean yeah, I'm, yeah. I, i'm not good enough to be one but i w- if i wasn't in it i would work hard to become a good one mm. uh who would you trade places with for one day 
Malia Obama. <laughs> I just want to see what it's like if you're Obama's one of the Obama's kids. That's right. fun. What's, the day? What's that? And then I like? could hang out with I'd hang out with Sasha. I'm not saying I'd pick. I, it doesn't need to be. It could be Sasha, but uh, I'm, I just pick. I'm picking Malia. Um, I think she's got. I'd like to see what it's like. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever gotten? The best advice I've ever gotten. Um, I'm going to say I, I keep. Uh, th this is a, a tangent, but I keep little like notes to myself, um, like hidden around my uh, apartment, so that I'm not looking for them. But every once in a while. Um, I will, I will stumble upon them. I will forget that I've hidden them somewhere. Mm. And they are a little like, they're a little bit new agey, like, uh, little mantras or nice things. Um, and the best advice, uh, and one I just stumbled upon the other day that made me think of this. And I think it is probably some of the best advice I've ever received is keep showing up. Mm. Um, it's, I mean, sort of in line with everything we've been talking about, but the moment you're feeling like, this is, I just, I cannot do this. This is for in whatever regard that is career, personal life, whatever, keep, keep showing up. Mm. It's like the least, it's just like that little push to like, keep you going. And if you're, if you keep showing up, then think things will happen inevitably in some way. Yeah. Cause so many folks, you know, because just showing up is just like the simple thing of you just being there. And that's like step one. That's the first step to being like, I'm here yeah. now. That's what, what's the next step. And you just keep doing that sort of step forward. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I think the opposite would be, I, I think the opposite of showing up is giving up. So, mm. um, and that's such a huge thing to do, but it's, it's so easy at the same time, but showing up is a small thing, but a very significant one. Mm. And, uh, what's the worst advice you've ever gotten? Um, the worst advice, it would have to be something, um, that's a, that's it, a good one. Cause people offer bad advice all the time. Mm -hmm. Often unsolicited, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> it, it is. And I often find a bad advice is offered in such a nice package because everyone <laughs> means well. Right. Everyone means well, and everyone's got a, an opinion. Everyone knows what's best for you. And the, I would say in that regard, it is, um, for me personally in entertainment, they bet the bad advice would be look at what everyone is doing and do that. Like follow the marketplace for what's successful. That is, um, that is not good advice. <laughs> it may be for a hot second, but if you're chasing trends, that trend is going to be over so fast. Um, and you, you also just don't, you will not grow. Um, mm -hmm. and you will not make the thing you want to make. If you think you're making the thing that you are supposed to be making, that never turns out well. There's a great David Bowie thing about making, uh, art where if you're in a swimming pool that your feet are not on the ground. I think I did too many double negatives in there. I mean, I meant like you are, you should never be too comfortable. So you should always be in the deep end where you can't touch. Mm. And uh, lastly, in 10 words or less, what advice would you give to a young actor? Okay. So to sort of summarize in, in a way of things we'd be talking about mm. 10 words or less. 
do it for yourself until you don't want to anymore. Awesome. Love it. John, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Um, for anyone that wants to give you a follow on Instagram or social media, where can they find you? Yes. Um, I, I'm, I'm not on Twitter and I'm pretty happy about it. Um, but, <laughs> <Good> I, <choice. laughs> but I am on Instagram and I'm uh, at uh, John L. Hartman on Instagram. Awesome. And you can all follow us on Instagram at Actors with Issues. Give me a follow at Juan Ayala Official and check out all of our full video interviews at youtube.com slash Actors with Issues podcast or listen on the go wherever you get your podcasts every Monday. And you can see John Hartman throughout the first season of CBS Comedy Ghosts on Paramount Plus. Uh, and hope to see more of you in season two, obviously, because that just got renewed. So that's awesome. Yes, and me too. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm Juan Ayala. This is Actors with Issues and we'll see you next week.